Hey, this is Bradley Chubb, and you're listening to The Snap. Hey, this is Cortland Sutton. Hey, this is Tim Patrick. And you're listening to The Snap Snap with Sidney Jones on Broncos Podcast Network. Yeah! What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for this week's edition of The Snap. I'm your host, Sidney Jones, and today I am thrilled to be joined by ESPN NFL reporter and host, Diana Rossini. Diana, such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me. Of course, Sydney, thanks for having me. Uh, I was fortunate just to cover the Denver Broncos out in Kansas City just two weeks ago. So uh, it's always great to be around the Denver organization. They just they just do it right. Top notch, um, you know, which is which is saying a lot because there's a lot of really good teams out there. But just just everything from behind the scenes, the team, everything about the Denver Broncos, they, they, they always just do it sort of five star. They certainly do. And I love to hear that coming from you too. Yeah. How's the season been going for you so far? It's kind of hard to believe we're already in week 15. Yeah. The season's been really good. I, I feel like it, there are days I wake up and it's so fast and I'm like, Oh my goodness, the playoffs are right around the corner. And then there are days where, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's moving really slow. Um, I think the thing about this season that's really standing out is just not knowing who the great teams are, you know, it's starting to filter out a bit now. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be covering the Super Bowl for ESPN and I have absolutely no clue who's going. And I feel like in years past, I kind of have a little bit of an idea, you know, four or five teams. And I really feel like right now, anybody can go. Well, Diana, before we dive into, you know, this current Broncos team, I just want to take a moment uh, to touch on Demarius Thomas and the impact that he made on, you know, so many people's lives. I mean, as you know, this past weekend, our organization, you know, our players, our fans, really the entire NFL as a whole, I mean, they were, they came together, they paid tribute to Demarius. I mean, not just here in Denver, but so many guys across the league, they wore 88 stickers on their helmets. I mean, our offense started the game with uh, 10 players on the field, you know, leaving one open for Demarius. What does this all say just about the community that the NFL has really as a whole? Yeah, it, it really took over the weekend, in my opinion, as much as there was such good football um, from a more, you know, human you know, connection, you, you really understood what Demarius Thomas meant to football, but also just how many people talked about who he was as a man really stood out to me. I thought what the Broncos did in the pregame was one of the most beautiful ways to remember a teammate. And, and again, credit to the organization for coming up with that idea. Um, I actually spoke with a couple of head coaches and even some players um, over the last few days about it, just in, in casual conversation. And I think everyone was just really impressed with how that was handled, how thoughtful it was. Um, and, and you have to hope that his family, who's just going through, I'm sure, a lot right now and, and, and pretty heartbroken, as is you know, his former teammates, that, that maybe it helped a little bit to, to just see how loved he was, as I'm sure this is going to be a really long grieving process. And, you know, Sydney, I bet you this is something that we're going to still be talking about, um, you know, in, in a few months, not saying that, you know, you, you forget the second someone passes away. I just think he had such a big impact and had so many connections with so many different people in the league. And because of his character being such a great person, um, he's just one of those, I think that, you know, it, it's going to be tough for, for a lot of people to move past it. 
Yeah, certainly. Well, I know he has touched so many lives in our organization and I know our players, they dedicated the rest of the season to him, you know, just four more games remaining, but the Broncos, they are in the hunt, you know, trying to get a playoff spot for the first time in a few years here, Diana. I mean, this year, like you mentioned earlier, it's insanely tight in the league, but also in the AFC. I mean, if you look at the difference between the number one seed, the Patriots and the 13th seed, the Dolphins right now, it's only three games. I mean, can you remember a, a time in which a playoff race looked this congested, you know, in recent years? Yeah, congested's a great word to describe <laughs> it. You're right, that difference of just three games, that's all it is. And, and you know, I think right now with, with injuries, uh, with the bye week, depending on when that falls for your team, I mean, the fact that there are teams as early as just or as late as last week and are still on bye weeks it's a it's crazy and it's December um you know and I feel like if there's any season where everyone is being very appreciative of that time it's now I was just covering the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday where the Browns won and one of the big storylines not only leading into the game but afterwards was how impactful that bye week was for Cleveland to just get the rest let's just you know start with that that psychological break from being around everybody but then also the physical side of it of just getting healthier and and you're seeing now across the league the healthy teams are, are surviving everyone's nicked up everyone nobody's 100 percent, especially at the quarterback position or at least a, a very small amount are um but, but this time of year, December football is always the same thing, which is every team leans into what they do well. And now we're really starting to see the identity of what every team is. And I think this is when it gets, this is really when it's fun because now you know what everyone is. And there, I think we're going to find out a lot more the next two weeks if hopefully fingers crossed COVID can, can you know, stop being such a disadvantage in just the competition. Right. Well, I mean, speaking of things that teams do well, let's talk about our run game for a little bit here. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they're both among, you know, top 15 running backs in the league in rushing yards so far this season. They're coming off a game um, against the Lions in which they combined for four touchdowns, just under 200 total yards. In your eyes, you know, how impactful is this run game here in Denver? And how do you think it can help, you know, get the Broncos into the playoffs? Well, when you just look back at the season collectively, when there's just a great balanced attack with the run game leading, that that's when the Denver Broncos stand out. And they're they're always going to rely on their defense, which which has obviously been stellar this past season. And Vifangio just does such a, a, a wonderful job coaching them. And, you know, it's always interesting talking to teams that face the Broncos. And, and I don't know if this is always heard um, loudly locally, but I know nationally the respect that coaches have for Vic Fangio and his ability to call a defense and to, to, and, and to be a head coach. I don't want to just take that away. He's obviously the head coach there and, and does a, a good job, but um, I've noticed it over the last month, actually more than ever um, that the respect that they have for what, what Vic does, um, you know, he has a, a, an old school way that, that I know Broncos fans know about by now. Yeah. Uh, I always kid around that he reminds me of every one of my uncles. Like he could, he, <laughs> one of my uncles could coach the Broncos and no one would know the difference. They sound the same. They look the same. It's just Italians are all very similar and, and, and a little grumpy, which is what, why we like coach. But um, I, I think just going back to your original question about the run game, 
I think that's that's the offensive identity. And that's not taking away from from, from what Teddy can do because Teddy has the ability to, to take care of the football, which is his strength without a doubt, going back to his days uh, in Minnesota and, and even his, his time in New Orleans. That, that's what Teddy does. He does not throw the ball away. Um, I mean, he does sometimes, but that's not his game. And so when, when the ground game is, is up and going, that is when the Broncos offense is a threat. And, and you're seeing a lot of defenses right now have trouble stopping it. Absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned, you covered the Chiefs game on Sunday Night Football just two weeks ago. This Denver defense, I mean, they held Patrick Mahomes to only, I think, 15 completions, and he ended up finishing that night with a career-worst quarterback rating. Just to touch on this defense a little more, I mean, they've been so reliable for this offense throughout the entire season. But, Diana, who really sticks out to you on this defense? I'm going to be really predictable here just because he's so good, and it's Patrick Sertan. I I, I just – I, I think that yeah, it's, and you don't want to just pick him out because he's the one coming up with, with the picks. It's I'm just impressed with not only the way he carries himself as such a young player, mm-hmm. but the impact he's had. And, you know, I talked to Patrick before the game on the field, actually um, about facing the Broncos defense. And he said, you know, pretty blatant, but, you know, pretty openly, I need to know where search is the whole game. like I need to know where he is like if he will make me pay if <laughs> if I don't know where he is on the field and, and I'm gonna have my eye on him because he knows and and you know the defense did such a good job with containing with containing Mahomes based on just the fact that you know he had the bet the, the worst game of the season for himself in fact I, I spoke to him post game and uh he joked he's like do you actually really want to interview me right now because there's <laughs> nothing like positive for me to say except right. the fact that we got the team win but yeah, so much credit to that defense, but to, to, you know, just to have a rookie like that being, you know, able to understand what's happening and what's doing playing off instincts and obviously studying and doing, doing the work he needs to do. Um, I, I, I'm sure Fangio's psyched to know that he's got a player that he can build around. Absolutely. I know everyone here in Denver have just been so impressed, not only his performance, like you mentioned, but like who he is off the field too. I mean, to be so young and to be a rookie and, and just be so well-respected has been fun to see. So after the game, I went, I wanted to find him and introduce myself because I've never met him in person. Right. Uh, I had a chance to come out to Denver for practice. So I w- at least wanted to say hello. And so I walked over to him when he was um, talking to some of um, the, the chiefs and saying goodbye to them. And I said, hi, you know, my, my name is Diana from ESPN. He says, uh-huh. And I said, I want to introduce myself. He's like, oh, for what? I said, I cover football. Like, and you're a really good football player. He's like, oh, that's so cool. Thanks. <laughs> like there was a very sweet sort of almost a little ignorance at this point. I don't think he even understands, uh, you know, what a star he is at this point. And, and, you know, questioning why people in the media would want to talk to him. Uh, so um, I thought that was really, it, it was, it was a very sweet little um, sort of, uh, light on, you know, shedding some light on, on really how young he is and, and right, how, exactly. you know, still got so much to learn. Cause I'm sure by uh, his third or fourth season, he'll be telling me to get out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, Diana, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater a little bit earlier. I mean, he has 13 games under his belt now as the Broncos starting quarterback. What's really the national perspective of him? I mean, what impressions has he made on you so far this season? Yeah. Teddy, um, Teddy is reliable. Um, Teddy's 
I wouldn't consider Teddy to be a top tier quarterback. You know, I, I think right now with the league having to dominate guys under center, you know, we saw Matthew Stafford on Monday night football, just look the best he has all year. And, you know, you watched him and you thought that is why they traded everything for this guy. Um, and obviously Aaron Rodgers and, um, you know, Tom Brady, they're, they're doing things that, you know, they're just outliers. They don't need anything else. Um, you know, but outside of those guys and, and Patrick as well, outside of those guys, you know, Teddy's in the mix with everyone there. You know, when the, as we spoke of already, you know, when that run game is going, it, it really helps him. But the one thing that, that you can depend on with Teddy is not only just the off the field stuff and being a great teammate and, and, and understanding um, is Teddy doesn't panic. I remember Sean Payton sharing that with me when, when I would cover the saints and Teddy was taken over for Drew Brees during the times when Drew was hurt. Right. And he had so much belief in Teddy leading this offense because he was just so cool and calm. And, and, you know, I remember Payton saying that that's, that's a trait you can't teach. And I think that's something that's always going to be something going to be something that, that Teddy will always have. It's an innate quality. And I've seen it in Broncos games this season where I definitely think it's worked out and it's, and it's helped him. And, and when he's locked in and um, you know, he has some time in the pocket, I, I think he, he, he's a really good quarterback. Absolutely. Diana, last one for you here, you know, with just four games remaining three of those against division opponents for the Broncos. How do you like Denver's chances of making the playoffs? I like them a lot. I have Denver in, um, in my little head games of who's in. Um, and I, I, I think, and this is no offense to the offense. I think it's because the defense is going to be able to stop a lot of the teams, um, that are having trouble, um, on offense, finding their rhythm, uh, and that are dealing with injuries. And, and I think this is where Denver's going to have the ability to keep those games close. And, and that's what they've done really well this this year with a few exceptions, but I think this is the time of year where, you know, it, it, the, the weather obviously is a factor it's cold. And going back to what I said before about just sticking with what you do well and Denver plays good day. Well, Diana, I hope you're right because obviously I hope we make the playoffs as well, but Diana truly can't thank you enough for your time chatting with me today and for joining me on this week's episode. Oh gosh, of course you do an awesome job. Thanks for having me. Well, Broncos country, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of The Snap. Thanks so much for tuning in and a huge thank you again to Diana for joining me. I hope you'll meet me right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube next Friday for another episode. I'll see you all then. Bye.